We're going to just do this thing. I don't know. Yeah. Isn't that what we always do? Yep. Let's just do we it. freaking do it. Okay. All right. I, it wouldn't have been as bad if your little headset wouldn't have like thrown, <laughs> <laughs> flown forward when you pointed This is it. as small as it... Okay, it goes smaller, but then it makes me feel like a baby child. <laughs> <laughs> we just would like to remind you that none of the things that we say should be taken as official recommendations. We try to know what we're talking about, but this podcast ultimately represents the opinions of a couple yahoos with master's degrees. <laughs> it's mainly for entertainment. Right. So if you feel that you need help with your own mental health, we encourage you, please talk to your very own doctor or your very own counselor. Get real help. And remember, this podcast is not safe for work, so listen with headphones. Hello, and welcome to Freudian Sips. The podcast about brains, beverages, and other BS. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Anna. Hello. Hi there. (laughs) Welcome to episode 34. 34. Do we part the curtain about that this is not our first time recording an episode 34? (laughs) We, uh... We mentioned in 33 that we're going to record a 34. Do you remember that? Yeah. So, uh, we unintentionally lied to everyone, because... First of all, this is kind of a saving grace. We felt like 34 was a little bit rough because we were a little bit intoxicated. <laughs> and so we haven't listened to it yet, but we... I think it's probably really good, it's but probably Anna super hasn't good, listened to it but yet. But we, we haven't, I haven't listened to it yet. I haven't started editing it. But a few days ago, I got a request for another topic. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like we should do this topic that someone requested because we kind of have October planned out. Mm-hmm. October... Uh, to part the curtain even further is one of my favorite months october i love halloween i love all the spooky stuff so i was like mom we have to do so many spooky episodes and so we have (laughs) we have those planned and i wanted to give this listener like the episode she requested before we started in october yeah because we're always encouraging you if you have a topic that you want and this is specifically like time sensitive it is kind of yeah this is positive reinforcement for someone requesting an episode from us okay i like that so this is from our listener janie on instagram and she wants to know if we can do an episode on breakups and how to get over breakups so that's (sighs) what we're going to do yeah i'm sorry we've got our wine which is our themed drink because sometimes when you break up you just gotta have some wine and you gotta have some ice cream and you just gotta cry and do it a little bit mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we're doing so i am lifting my glass in a toast to Janie. me as well you are not alone yeah trust us oh my gosh <laughs> every person who's ever loved has probably had a broken heart at some yes. point yes oh my and if gosh. you haven't had one yet you're very lucky but Perhaps someday you will. Yeah. And part of this episode is going to be sharing some listener stories about their breakups and how how they've gone and and all that stuff. And that just kind of the whole gamut of what breakups can look like, I think we're going to try to cover in this episode. So Mm -hmm. where are we starting? I feel like we're going to start in some familiar territory with some psychology brain stuff. Okay. Let's start with some psychology brain stuff. Okay. Now, first of all, I want to mention that... In 26, maybe? 27? You're the episode number know. girl. I know. It's, you look at me like I should know, but I think I it's don't. 26. It's the one about grief where we, where we oh, talked yeah. about Bob. Mm-hmm. So it's we talked about the Kubler-Ross stages of grief. Mm-hmm. And we even talked in that episode about how things like losing a job or going through a breakup can follow these same-ish stages of grief. Right. So I think those are applicable here. And if you're not familiar with the Kubler-Ross stages, it's denial, anger, depression, bargaining, and acceptance. Right. And you've and we talked about and them. we talked in that episode about how you don't necessarily go through them in number order. Right. And you can go to one and then skip back to another one, and that's very the same flexible. way with the breakup of right. a relationship. That, right. That you think you're good, and then all of a sudden, whoa, something happens, and you fall back, and 
and yeah. you're right in the middle of being very And it can upset. feel like a setback, but in fact, it's just part of the journey. Mm-hmm. That's a good so. way to look at it. So that's that's kind of my little insert on how it's like grief. And I'm sure we'll return to that idea as we talk about it, but just kind of keep that in mind. I think I've heard people say, and I know I felt it myself, it's like, oh, when you break up with somebody, it's... That's a good breakup noise. Isn't it? <laughs> like, oh, her it like hurts. whole body curled up when yeah. she did it. And so then you have this thought like, I will never love anybody again because loving... I'm never going through this ever again right. in my entire life. Exactly. I'll never fall in love again. And and that feeling like uh, that, that love makes you vulnerable to pain. Absolutely. Yeah. Not only in breakup situations, but like we've talked about that I've lost my husband recently. Sure. And... and you know, so there's those days that like, well, if I wouldn't have loved him so much, one of the little grief support um, things that I've gone to in the last um, couple of months, that's the, one of their big like catchphrases. You know, the grief is extreme, shows you how much you loved each other when you're feeling extreme grief. I would say the same thing holds for a breakup. And, and you're know. taking away the opposite thing from that, which is like, well, I guess I shouldn't love anyone. <laughs> is know. that what you're saying yes. to the grief support group? <laughs> I just shouldn't love. So if you never love, you'll never have pain. Which I guess is true, but it makes your life really empty. Yeah. What would be the point of life if yeah. you couldn't have a relationship? You couldn't have love. Exactly. So you want to like start with some actual brain brain stuff, let's Anna? Let's talk about brain brain stuff. Okay, let's talk about brain brain stuff. Mom has brain brain I stuff I have a today. little bit because Anna's, <laughs> Anna's going to uh, talk to us about some of our friends, our sipsters who have sent ideas about their own breakups. So yeah. she has some of that information. So let me jump into the brain stuff. Let do me you, tell you. Do you want to like tag in when I have to say, a, like when you have to say a brain part so I can like say I it. might Yeah, because we <laughs> talked about this before. <laughs> Anna usually does the brain parts and that's partially because when I actually say the word like the part of a brain like it the, sounds like a second grader who's like reading oh a long da, word for the first da time. Madula. <laughs> exactly so I might have to and ask you're you. like I think I know what word you're trying to say but I don't think I I don't think you know what word you're trying to say it does not mean I'm not a very intelligent woman because I am. It's just those big brain words you I are. kind of have have issues with. You can be <laughs> you can be intelligent but not know how to say brain words. Not know the brain words. Okay, so just in case you're wondering, if you're going through a breakup and you actually feel like you're having physical pain, Anne and I were talking about this even before the podcast. I know that there have been times in my life where I've felt it myself, but I've also said it to clients that that word heartbreak. You feel like your heart is breaking. It's it's actually feels that way. It feels like you physically have pain in your chest. And we've talked about that with other mental stuff where like when we talk to our clients about panic attacks, that it's a physical pain that mm-hmm. people often mistake their first panic attack for a heart attack. Right. I mean, it feels physical. So I think people had this weird mental block that like if I'm feeling it physically, it's not a mental thing. That's not true. Exactly. So let me tell you about a study um, that was done at Columbia University uh, about breaking up with somebody being like physical pain. So at Columbia University, they used a brain fMRI. So I thought it was interesting that they were specifically saying that the people that they studied were unmarried people. Why did they specify that? I don't I saw that same really study. know that. But they had experienced an unwanted if, breakup. I guess if they, they weren't including divorces. And maybe... It, maybe because there would be a whole another list of especially if there are children involved that yeah. makes everything more complicated so you might have variables that you're not counting into your right. study so maybe they were trying to limit those variables so unmarried people who had experienced an unwanted breakup in the previous six months that was their the individuals who were taking part in the study um, and the participants were to look at pictures of their ex-partners um, while they thought about them, you know, thought about their shared experiences. Sure. And then the researchers compared the scans to when they were looking at the pictures of of just a friend or when they were exposed, um, or the other part was when they were exposed to pain, like they were looking at images of a hot probe on someone's arm. That would be an image no, of pain. No, I saw that they actually, they actually put a hot did it? probe. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that they actually gave I them I think pain. you're right. You're right. It doesn't say. <laughs> it doesn't say a picture. Hello, or welcome, when they were exposed to pain to via a we're hot We're gonna probe. burn you with a cigarette. That's almost worse than shock a dude. <laughs> Way worse than shocking a dude. 
shocking, dude. You get to inflict pain on someone else. <laughs> That's true. I wonder how hot it was. Well, it was it caused pain, apparently. Hey, we hey, could put this yeah. in one of our experimental episodes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The scientists found that the same parts of the brain lit up when the individuals looked at their ex-partner picture or when they had physical pain, but not when they looked at other pictures, like pictures of their friends and yeah. stuff. Okay. So the bottom line is that the, the same part of the brain lit up with physical pain as when they were thinking about the person they were missing. So these brain regions that are lighting up, including, here you go, the insula and the anterior cingulate cortex. That was really good, Mom. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> Those are the parts of your brain that are associated with physical pain. And so the researchers tend to disagree. They're not sure if it's actually that it feels like physical pain or if our brain lights up because our brain kind of thinks of it the same way. So it's not like we're actually feeling the pain, but our brain categorizes it the same. Salience. Salience. I hate that word. Oh, you do? I Why? do, because that's an Anna word that I would never use, oh, so okay. I, I don't use it. I mean, I don't use it in, like, conversation. I can, oh, I bet you do, because you do that. I don't. I do not. <laughs> do you use those big fancy words <laughs> to make me feel ignorant. <laughs> um, but kind of a, a cool side note is that if you think about it, our ancestors, we talk every once in a while about evolution and how that's affected our psychology. Mm-hmm. For our ancestors, both pain and rejection would reduce their chance of survival. Because if they were injured and they were going to die or if they were hurt, but also if they were rejected by their tribe or by their partner and they were alone, right? that would reduce their That's ability true. to survive. So, And also when we look back when there weren't as many people in the world as there are now, right. a rejection in terms of mating might mean I'm not going to keep the species I'm going. Not, right, which exactly. Is, so, so some scientists say that therefore our brains wired that the same way. The idea of rejection and the idea of physical pain mm-hmm. that our brain wired it the same way, the same response because yeah. of evolution, which sure. I think is really kind of cool. I think that's really neat. Yeah. Yes. So some of that that pain that you feel is because your brain is is associating it the same way it associates mm-hmm. physical pain. But How- just like with physical pain, when we experience a breakup, we will get over that physical pain. Mm-hmm. Even if you like break your arm or something, that sucks when it's going on. But then later your arm heals and you're able to use it and it's fine. And this too shall pass. This too My shall favorite pass. phrase. This Mine too wants shall to get pass. that tattooed on herself. And she's motioning to a necklace that I just Anna got Anna just her. got me a necklace that says this too shall pass. It's very cool. I thought she should practice wearing it before she gets a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> See if I can really live with it. Yeah. Like, gosh, I I can't even stand having this on for 12 hours. So another kind of brain study that was done was the connection between how our brains react to not only breaking up, but even being in a relationship, like especially early in the relationship when you're very passionately in love, or you can take that to the other direction. Like if you broke up with somebody, but you're still feeling very much connected to them, that our brain is kind of dealing with the same way that our brain deals with addiction. And we've kind of talked about that before, that being in a relationship. Yes, we talked a little bit about the dopamine and how that those reward centers uh, light up. And that we talked about that in episode 32, which is about attraction. So we talked about how those brain chemicals are active, especially in the first parts of a relationship. So the first like kind of infatuation which seems like a reductive word but that's what's going on right so those dopamine reward centers are lighting up right so the main study that was done that i could find that was done about that was done by researchers lucy brown and helen fisher Mm -hmm. and they scanned the brain activity of some young adults who recently had an unwanted breakup but are are breakups wanted does that seem redundant to say an unwanted breakup? Um, I know that there are some times where you're in a relationship you're done. and you're like, I, I want to not yeah. be in this anymore. Yeah. But when you go through the breakup, it still sucks. It still hurts, yeah. Even if you wanted it, yeah. it still hurts. But I think, and that's one of the things that I have later on my notes, is that it's a very different thing you go through if you did not want So if it's an unwanted, does that mean they were broken up with? Yes, they, they were, were the dumped. Breakup-y? Yeah. They were the dumpy. They were the dumpy. Not the yes. dumper. Right. They were the dumpies. Like in the, have you ever read An Abundance of Catherines? No. There's this, it's a John Green book where the main character, Colin, has dated like 19 Catherines. Oh my god! All girls named Catherine. And so the main point of the book, one of the main plots is he's writing this formula to like predict 
the movement of a relationship and like when it will end oh. and he's like making it's based on like who's the dumper and who's the dumpy mm. and he's sort of he's been like the dumpy in all of his relationships and stuff like that so that's kind of how his <laughs> poor yeah. guy it's it's a really it's it's a fun book if you've never read any john green books it's a fun introduction you like john green that's I've read one a few of, your, of them yeah. yeah okay so here i'm gonna say some of those weird words are you ready okay, do it um, when the participants in this study viewed photographs of their former partners, the scan showed activity in several brain areas, including, here's that weird word, the ventral tegmental. Doesn't that sound like I'm making it up? Ventral tegmental. Ventral tegmental. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss The term. VTA area. The ventral... Hello, and welcome back to Freudian Sips. You just heard elevator music because my computer stopped recording, and I almost threw it out a second-story window. But she didn't. <laughs> I didn't because I held it in. Because she's that's a called, counselor. That's called emotional regulation, kids. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about on today's episode, but it sure is relevant. <laughs> if you have anger management problems, that's a good, important word for you to so learn. So angry. I gave mom a sticker for dealing with my tech bullshit. And they gave me a sticker for dealing with my tech bullshit. <laughs> so, mom, you were talking about the ventral stigmata. <laughs> What? <laughs> What's that? That was funny. That was very funny. Thanks. I think I broke your computer by using these big words. <laughs> no, don't say it again. The your... computer doesn't like it. I have to say it, though. All right. The VT, you called it the VTA. A. Okay. I which won't... I think A means area. So VTA right. area is not. The VT area. And the next part was the part that it quit on. So let's see if it works. Also, the ventral striatum and the nucleus accumbens. Are we good? We're good. It's because you said it in a really calming voice. Okay. Those Sometimes are... the computer's like a, like a small bird where <laughs> if, you, if you move toward it or speak too loud, it will fly away. Okay. So these three fancy brain parts that freak Deanna's computer out. She's like um, using her like kindergarten teacher I'm going voice. to talk very gently now. <laughs> <laughs> these regions are parts of the brain's reward motivation system. And that, that communicates at, by releasing, Anna said earlier, dopamine. That's what's released by these parts Reward of the brain. center. So, exactly. Oh, my God. My elbows are touching Your the elbows. table. <laughs> Everything I'm, is wrong. I'm feeling very stressed today. I'm okay, sorry. It's for me. It's for me. You're getting it from me. So... The bottom line here is that dopamine is involved in both drug addiction and the early obsessive stages of love. And if Which we are... we talked a little bit about that in the attraction episode where right. looking at it like that can almost seem like we're kind of like putting emotions by the wayside and just saying like it's a chemical process and it doesn't matter. That's not what we're saying. Everything right. is a chemical... Emotions are a chemical process. Exactly. So it's not like we're discounting them just because it looks a certain way in the brain. Because it still feels very real to us and it feel it's it's what we're going through it matters exactly it matters it not just because it looks a certain way in the brain and so if we have broken up and we are still feeling that attraction and feeling that longing for that person that part of our brain is lighting up kind of the same way it does when we're actually falling in love you know right, because right. we're we're pining for that person right. so we're, we're kind of experiencing the same emotions like oh i just love them so much right, and right. i want to like be with them <laughs> yeah sorry we're not making fun of people who have broken up that's how i feel when i've gone through a breakup that like <laughs> that's exactly how i have felt yes so the last thing that i want to mention as far as like psychology brain stuff before we start just talking about some some things that people have gone through when they broke up is that we've talked also about attachment in a previous yes. episode. I don't think we actually talked about John Bowlby at length. We haven't. We're probably we going to do an episode him. on him. And actually, mm -hmm. attachment is something we will dive into quite a bit because attachment has a lot to do with how we grow up, how our childhoods are, especially when it comes to things like adoption, you know, foster families, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. a, a, Attachment is just vital. Attachment's going to be a whole episode and it's yeah, going to be yeah. full. Possibly too. But, but very briefly, having to do with this, the way that you learned your attachment style in your childhood has an effect on how you would handle a breakup. Yes. Um, because if you had a healthy attachment, then you're more likely to realize that it's okay 
that things are changing and it doesn't mean the end of your world. Things and, happen. And you're going to have other people that you're going to attach to. If you, on, on the other side, if you have an anxious or insecure attachment style, then you're going to freak out more basically because yeah. you're going to feel like, oh my gosh, everybody's leaving me. And the anxious person is much more likely to feel like, you know, getting dumped is the worst thing that could possibly happen to them. So just realize that different people handle breakups differently. Every breakup is different. Yeah. Obviously, duh. Right. But also, we each handle it differently. So if you're going through a breakup... Like the same two people going through the same breakup are going to experience it very differently. Exactly. Just like everything else in psychology. exactly. Everything. So... It's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of where you come from. It's a matter of, you know, the chemicals in your brain. Lots of stuff. And and kind of dovetailed onto that, another very significant part of it being individual is our own Mm self-esteem. And we'll kind of circle back around to that about how to get through a breakup when we come back to the end yes. of that. I have a study that relates to that. Can I talk about it? Please do. Uh, psychologist Arthur Aaron did research on how people like kind of become intertwined with their partners, I guess, when mm. they are in romantic relationships. So he had them consider themselves as one circle and had them consider their partner as another and draw how much those two overlapped. That's a Venn diagram. I don't know why he didn't just call it a Venn diagram, but he didn't. It was like overlapping circles. Oh, they overlap. That's what they are. So basically what he ended up finding was that we start to view a romantic partner as part of ourselves. And if we're looking at that in like Venn diagram terms, it's not like we're viewing us as like a blue circle and them as a red circle and the overlapping part as a purple that is both of us. It's like we start to view ourselves as one shape and that it, it's like an eight shape or a butt shape. Like we just start to view a butt shape as the one shape. And when the other person leaves. This is so scientific. We are left as a crescent moon shape, uh-huh. you know, instead of being a, a full half a circle. Butt. A half a butt. Yeah, only a half a butt like, now. Like instead of viewing ourselves as like we're still a whole circle, but that overlapping part is gone. It's like a part of ourselves is missing now. Exactly. And so that can be really unhealthy now this is something that can be healthy where when we use our commonality with our partner to expand our own worldviews and expand our interests and stuff like that and where we use that common part of ourselves to you know grow as people and discover Mm -hmm. more things about us now on the flip side the more people felt themselves grow in a relationship the bigger blow they felt to their sense of self when that relationship ended. Mm -hmm. So it's something that can definitely go bad, but growing is a good thing. And it's just sort of one of the caveats of growing, basically. Just one of the bad things that can happen when we are growing as people. Growth is painful. Yeah. And especially when we use other people to do it and those other people don't stick around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Just talk about some things that you, I mean, I, there's lots of stuff that I could, go on about but how about if we talk about the individual stuff yeah so stories while we were planning for this episode i kind of sent out a call on uh, our social media and said hey we are doing an episode on this if you have any breakup stories please send them to us and a few listeners did so we're gonna kind of go over some of those and see I think the way I want to handle it is if they were to come into our office with this, mm-hmm. how would we approach it? Ooh, ouch. Okay. It's going to be fun. It's okay. going to be it's a, it's a little fun little exercise. <laughs> so, someone I talked to said uh, she was dating this guy and eventually this guy moved in with her and her brother. And only after he moved in did things start to go super downhill. So he started mm. to become kind of this freeloader. He wouldn't get a job. He seemed very confident he could get a job and just wasn't looking for all intents and purposes. He wasn't looking. He was playing video games all day. He was making a mess. He wasn't He wasn't contributing to the household, wasn't paying parts of the bills, all that stuff. Now, that's bad enough. That's it seems like she was getting pretty frustrated with that situation but eventually it continued to go downhill where he started to be violent toward her animals oh my yeah which is like no go right like absolutely no no he uh she was telling me about a time that her little border collie was up kind of in his business and he grabbed its throat and like put it on the ground on its back like slammed it on the ground. Oh, okay, we're done. Ugh. Mm-hmm. That's that's a line. 
So and she and she said she's like I went off on him. That is that is a line mm-hmm. you do not cross. But mm-hmm. she wasn't willing to kick him out yet. Mm-hmm. So eventually he started to talk about what she called a murder heritage where he talked about how he had murderers like in his bloodline and how he was like fascinated with this oh my and she said one night he followed me outside while i was walking my dogs and he started laughing in a real crazy way and then stared me dead in the eye and said he always wondered what it would be like to murder someone oh my yeah yeah not great that's Time to get an OP, I think. So it was, <laughs> that's, yeah, that is correct. OP is order of protection if you don't, if you're yeah, not involved in yeah. legal, something that we deal with quite a bit in our counseling, mm, unfortunately. unfortunately. we do, yeah. So she was, she was actually messaging me this on Facebook, and as she was messaging me this, the message cut off, and I was like, oh, God, he got her. Oh, no. Oh, no. He got her. That's awful. <laughs> no, she she said, oh, no, I typed more, and it cut it off. So mm-hmm. she said that she did end up getting out, and that's, that's very good. But mm-hmm. how scary is that? I mean, we, we have this conception of, like, creeps where we're going to meet them in a dark alley, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a stranger and we don't know. But how much more scary is it to think of it's someone we already know and trust and right. are involved with, and they're in our house, and they start turning this direction? Exactly. So how, how, would, you, how would you deal with that, Mom? Well, I, I kind of want to throw in for just a second that it's easy for us to say, like when we talked about the dog thing, mm-hmm. okay, that's done, he's done, you kick him out. But uh, you can take it from this example, but all the way to the other end of the spectrum where maybe a, a woman or a man are being abused yes. by their significant other. And it's easy for us as a counselor or a friend or whatever to say, That's well, unhealthy, just, get out. Yeah, just be done. Just right. be done. Make them leave or you leave. It's easy for us to say on the outside, but when you're actually intertwined with that person, yeah. kind of like you said. And I would also add that, of course, when we first start dating someone, we first start getting involved, we always put our best foot forward sure. because we're we're in that wooing, you know. Oh, I can't tell them about my murder heritage yeah. yet. I got to save that for the fourth date. <laughs> Right. So so we're not going to or like the thing with him not getting a job and all yeah. that. He's probably, you know, a person who doesn't want all that up front. Obviously, they're holding that back. Right. It just happens in all relationships, but especially yeah. in in those kind Once of negative that honeymoon period goes away. And that's that scary thing like you said that we've already fallen in love with them perhaps and right. we've already if they're already living with us or whatever, they're already in our life and then all of a sudden the negative stuff starts to come up. So Right. I mean, if if she were in my office and still in the relationship, which I had to be honest with you, Anna, and I'm sure you have this too, that I have a, several clients who are right now in very negative, abusive, unhealthy, relationships. unhealthy relationships. Right. And it's just that they they don't know how to end it. They don't know how they can. Yeah, do it. especially like I mean, we're kind of talking about breakups in a a non-divorce sense. We kind of talked about that a little earlier with one of the studies that was saying like unmarried right. breakup. Like, people have gone through breakups. But, I mean, especially when there's marriage and there's other factors. There's Children. kids and there's a house and there's... We've been together 18 years. An extended and extended family. And, yeah. yeah. It's, there's a lot of complicating factors. It's a little easier when you're not married, but it's not a lot easier. Because there are a lot of people who have been dating for five or six years and they aren't married. Right. And that's a lot of time. I mean, at some point it becomes kind of a sunk cost fallacy. Where that's um, like a cognitive bias that we can hold where it's I have spent so much time doing this so I can't give up on it. And that goes for relationships. It goes for like projects that we're doing. Just jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I've been here so long. I can't Mm -hmm. let it go. And that's what are we getting out of it? Because things change. Circumstances change. So if we're saying like, well, I'm staying in it because I'm already in it. That's not a good reason to stay in it. No, no. So what would you say to her? She came to you. Basically that. I, I would want to explore like what what is the relationship giving you? Right. You know, and I would kind of go pro-con with it. I've done that with clients before. I have a little whiteboard in my office. So mm-hmm. I've, I've had people like write out the pros and cons of being in a relationship mm-hmm. and the relationship that they're in and be like, okay, we have two things on the pro side and 18 things on the con side. Right. Why are we still here? And seeing it. And even just hearing it from someone outside is sometimes enough to kind of shake them into going, 
yeah, (laughs) maybe it's not great. I mean, but quite realistically, if you're in relationship with someone that you fear or that you're worried they might hurt you or they are hurting you, then I'm not saying that lightly that you do maybe have to get some legal help and get an an order of protection or and and on the other side. if you don't want to go to that, go to a friend, go to a family member that you trust and say, I need your help. I want to kick him out. I need you there with me. And that was exactly the next step I was going to was even if you don't do that, to have your support system be physically physically there yeah. there when you you know when you break up with them and 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 when you have encounters with them yes. have your friends with you have someone with you <laughs> I think that's something I would really struggle with if I were in this situation because I consider myself kind of a ball buster mm-hmm. and kind of just like I don't need any help I can if he's gonna try something I'm gonna try something right back like yeah. I feel like I would be able to defend myself but that's not really what it is it's not really saying you can't do it it's saying you shouldn't have to do it alone right and it's not only the physical challenge of it but also the emotional yeah because he or she is much more likely to manipulate you if you're alone if you have your friends there being like nah this is not (laughs) happening you know because quite frankly a lot of times the emotional manipulation is more dangerous than the physical intimidation yeah well because i think one leads to another i think when someone's emotionally manipulative it might lead very easily into physical manipulation oh baby just take me back you know how much i love you Right, and then yeah. we get into the, the, the violence cycle, basically, of mm-hmm. where it's a honeymoon period and then something happens, either emotional or physical, and then, you know, we say, oh my gosh, that was horrible, but he promised not to do it again, or exactly. she promised not to do it again, and then we start the cycle all over, so... Mm-hmm. All right, we're ready for the next one. Yeah. Thank you, listener, for sending that in. I'm not using I'm names. assuming that that listener got out of relationship yes. and has moved on with yes. this was, her this life. Yes, this was a while. She said she got Good. out of it. Um, Good job. And for these are out all, I mean, because I asked for breakup stories, these are all in the past. These right. are all things that they okay. have gotten out of. And I was interested because the one, the, the one that we got requested from mm-hmm. was someone who had been broken up with. Mm-hmm. And when I asked for breakup stories, like most of the ones I got were ones that they had broken up with the person for reasons like that. Mm-hmm. For reasons like the other person kind of revealed who they really were. And and that's and we talked about that a little earlier where that's hard. It's hard in a different way than being broken up with, but it's still hard. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's a different kind of pain. Yes. When you're dealing with, especially if you're dealing with, you break up with someone and they don't let go and even gets into like stalky kind of creepy stuff. Oh, that's the next story, yeah. baby. Okay. So it's a different that. kind of pain. So I think we'll circle back around yeah. to the being the dumpy. The yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think as we circle around to the end of our podcast, we'll come back to that. Right. Okay. So the next one uh, was from another listener, and they told me about a relationship that, actually, the relationship itself only lasted a month, but that it lasted far beyond that because this person ended up stalking her. Uh-oh. Uh, so, and not only did he end up stalking her, his mother ended up stalking her. Oh, my. They uh, they, they stalked her, like, on Facebook, and, and they texted her, and they were messaging her a bunch. It had to do with her ex and his mother being extremely controlling. Uh, at some point, the mother wanted to have the listener do a pregnancy test, even though they had not been intimate yet, because the mom of the guy wanted a baby so bad. Oh like, my gosh. Like, she wanted a baby, so she was going uh-huh. to take the baby if the listener oh was pregnant. Oh my gosh. Yes. So a lot, a lot of Boundaries. control. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, what I thought was really cool in this, in this story was that she went to her mom and she said, like, is this a healthy situation? Her mom was like, no. No. (laughs) And the the girl ended up getting out of it. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really positive. And actually the common thread in these these two stories that I've talked about was that the people involved had outside people they were able to confide in. Mm -hmm. They had a support system. And that I think is the most important thing that I would say and how I would have addressed this person, although she was only in it for a very short time, is don't let yourself get isolated. Right. Don't let yourself We've be We've talked totally about that in. before. Right. How having that support system from the outside that is able to pull you out mm-hmm. and give you a little bit of a reality check is so important. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel like you really have a very strong support system, maybe you've moved to a new area and you don't have a lot of friends. And that's that's one of those times that quite honestly, a counselor can be of help. 
mm-hmm. because they can be objective and they can right. listen to your story. And while they probably won't give you specific advice, they can be that common sense filter that right. we've talked about. Right. And I if, love that. If you find a good counselor, their job is not to sugarcoat things. Their right. job is to say what you need to hear to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And so they, it may suck to hear them say it, but you know they're saying it in your best interest. That right. is why they're there. Right. That's that's their whole job. That's our whole job. So can I like throw something in that's a little off topic? Throw it. Okay. I'm holding my hands oh, out. Here it comes. To catch it. Um, because you talk about the mother in this story, the mm-hmm. like the mother of the listener, and she was good, but the other mother wanted the pregnancy yes. test. Yes. Okay. So my my point here is that there are times when breakups involve not only the person we're breaking up with but like the extended extended family family, yeah and sometimes that's even more complicated than just the person you're breaking up with I mean that makes it you know like gosh they're like my second mother and I don't want to lose my second mother or I can't stand those people they're always in in our business and we wouldn't be breaking up so which what I would say to those people is like why can't you just keep talking to that person Mm -hmm. it's gonna be awkward for a little while Mm -hmm. but if you really do view this person as a second mother and you view you know their sibling as as your own mm-hmm. you can keep talking to those people you mm-hmm. have the option to do that eventually they may say like well you broke up with my you know sister or brother i'm not going to keep talking to you right but you have the option to keep that relationship going if they want to keep it going as well but that's not a good enough reason i would say there's not many good enough reasons for keeping yourself in an unhealthy toxic situation right. exactly that was me <laughs> so i know we kind of talked about like how personal do we want to get yes yeah. <laughs> how much self-disclosure do we get with this so one of my breakups involved i met this guy through my roommate in college and it was her boyfriend's brother And so I was kind of like intertwined with the family. His Mm. mom loved me. Um, I was just kind of, I knew the family pretty well. It it was, and I had to break up with him because I knew that being with him was not best for me. That, That was what it boiled down to. It was just like, I knew that it was not good for my mental health. Like I was not in a good place to help him with the stuff he needed to be helped with. Mm-hmm. And so I had to cut it off. And it was really it was really painful. It was a long distance thing. So I had to drive three hours to break up with them and drive three hours <sighs> back. It sucked. But, you know, it was, I mean, it was what I had to do at that point in my life. And I'm still in contact with, with his mom, too. Like, I just wish her a happy birthday on Facebook the other day. Oh, so, that's cool. So, that's yeah, it's, cool. It's, it's, it's not like we're close. But it's not like, especially in our age of technology, we don't have to cut those things off entirely. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You got another one? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I am going to use a name on this one because this is Anthony, our beloved patron. Uh, is it okay with him to use? Oh, yeah. He gave, okay. me, he gave me permission on Twitter to mock him. So <laughs> I don't think we're going to do that because, Anthony, we love you so much. That doesn't really fit our personality, <laughs> That's Anthony. not us. That's not us. We're, we're kind of lovey-squeezy. If you are kind of new to this podcast, Anthony is part of a podcast called Capes on the Couch. And if you like psychology and if you have any interest in superheroes or anything like that... Please go listen to Capes on the Couch. It's fantastic. They go through different like issues that different comic book characters have. And then they even have like skits of the comic book characters getting therapy. <laughs> uh, it's very good. But Anthony was good enough to send us, I'm not going to lie to you, like seven paragraphs in an email. <laughs> Anthony, this is too much. <laughs> Anthony, have you had a lot of breakup experience? Anthony, buddy, dude. buddy, sit down. We're going to have a talk. <laughs> No, it's so I'm not going to read all of it, but a lot of them again have to do with like I had to break up with this person because I knew it wasn't working. Right, I, I just right. knew it wasn't working, and it's not an ideal situation. But this also involves so this is interesting because the other two that I mentioned were females and Anthony, male. So he talked about, so I'll just read this. Then there was my high school girlfriend, the first girl I kissed. Broke up with her because every time she came over to my house, she refused to speak to my mother. Like, straight up wouldn't look at her, say hello, nothing. I broke up with her. A day later, her friend slaps me in the lobby for making her cry. (laughs) Fun postscript, she drove the getaway car two years later when a classmate of hers stole Christmas decorations off our front lawn. My mother confronted Two years later. Two years later. That is holding a grudge, boys and girls. That is. 
My mother confronted her at the holiday concert. Lo and behold, the next morning, the decorations were back on our lawn. Don't mess with Mama Sitko. <laughs> That's right. Don't mess with moms. <laughs> but there was, I mean, and he talked about uh, an instance where he broke up with a girl and she didn't let it go and he almost had to like, change numbers like she got really mm. mad when she wouldn't answer his calls there's a lot of stalking going on mm-hmm. and i think we are programmed I, I know i'm talking about anthony right now but i think especially women are programmed to downplay that think? I, actually i think both both genders for different reasons are kind of programmed to downplay it a little bit because i think women us as women are programmed to go like it's all right. It's all right. Everything's fine. It's okay. I'm just going to be polite. I'm just going to be nice to this person. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be nice to a stalker. That's not what we should do. Mm-hmm. And I think men are programmed to not really make a big deal of it because they're too tough. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can not handle this. Me. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. So I think that we are kind of for different reasons taught to put that stuff aside and say it's not really a big deal when that's a big deal. When almost every person that gave me these stories and that I talked to about them made that seem like that was a significant thing, that this person wouldn't leave them alone and they weren't allowed to move on and grieve. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's as we're talking about moving on and grieving, if you're not allowed to do that because this person keeps trying to pop into your life, Mm -hmm. that's a significant thing. I think I think our technology has just really changed the whole face of breaking up. Right. Because, you know, you mentioned the Facebook stalking and just the idea. And that even bleeds into like breaking up because you hear these things about how people break up over text messaging or mm-hmm. or Twitter or whatever. He talks about that. Yeah, that's that's a whole different face of breaking up. Do you mean you know? his story about technology? Yeah. There was this time I was dating a girl for a few months and things were cooling off just as she went to Arizona for two weeks. While she was there, I decided that it wasn't going to work out, but I didn't want to end it with her over text or Skype. Oh, good job, Anthony. Good job, Anthony. I would wait until she came back to do it face-to-face because that's the honorable thing to do. Oh, yes. That's correct. Or so I thought. Oh, no. (laughs) I picked her up from the airport, dropped her off at her house, and told her I didn't think it was going to work out any longer. Her response was, and I quote, I wish you would have told me while I was in Arizona so I could have had some fun. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes, Rooney. I love that, though. <laughs> so even the best of intentions don't go so well sometimes. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. So ideally, when we do, when we have a breakup, the ideal situation is that you both realize that it's not healthy. You know, we're just moving in different directions. We've just, you know. We just, we tried it and it's not going to work. That is not exactly That doesn't happen very often. It really doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't happen a lot. Very rarely. And even if you think you're on board with it and you do go, yeah, you're right, you know. And then, you know, a couple days later, you're like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i guess so breaking up is hard to do as the old hey listen if we're talking about how to do it properly don't ghost anybody Mm -hmm. i don't at least have the decency to say like listen it's not working out i'm not gonna text you from here on out and even if they like bombard you with texts and you don't respond that's fine at least you gave them something i got ghosted i've gotten (laughs) ghosted a few times but you were aware don't give me that surprise look uh no it was my first real boyfriend okay yeah and he was supposed to come over for new year's and i was gonna give him my christmas gift that i bought for him and Uh he totally ghosted me yeah and i went in my room and and cried a little bit and then i came out in a storm and you were this is how you got the nickname hurricane If you're not aware, my mother has the nickname with all my college friends of Hurricane because of this incident that I'm about to tell you. And mom was in the bathroom and I came out into the kitchen because our kitchen's connected to our bathroom because we're a bunch of hillbillies. And we now have new bathrooms on the true. other side that's of the house. True. But back then we only had that that's one. True. Yes. So mom was in the bathroom and I came out. I said, he's online right now. I know he's like alive because he's online right now. And as I described it to my college friends, mom came out of the bathroom like a hurricane and said, what? (laughs) And she was very upset. 
So I ended up uh, giving his Christmas gift to Bob, actually. That was that guitar <laughs> guitar oh, shirt. Yeah, it had yeah. all the guitars on it. Yeah, that was supposed to be a Christmas gift for the guy that ghosted me. So he has lost. lost out on that. Bob loved that shirt. So let's talk about moving on well. Yes. Um, let's do that. Because I, I will say that... Anthony has a really good story about this. He says, I am friendly with two of my exes, though. One I thought I was going to marry until I realized one day she's not actually a nice person. Oh. Yep. Ouch. Yeah, Ouch. It's kind of a yikes. <laughs> he goes, you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? That episode with the glass shattering realizations. Have you ever seen that episode? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that kind of epiphany. That was a New Year's Day breakup right after watching Firefly, which she got me hooked on. The only good thing to come from that relationship. Heck yeah, Firefly. (laughs) Hell yeah, represent. So we eventually came to realize it wasn't meant to be or that I wasn't coming back to her. The other one, I broke up with her the day after Christmas. The holidays are rough, apparently. Mm -hmm. I think they are. I think that's significant. Yes. There's a lot of pressure in the holidays. There's a lot of we need to be a big family in the holidays. And we need to, like, be committed to each other. There's a lot of pressure in the Mm -hmm. holidays. Uh, So he says, holidays are rough, apparently. Correct. She's happily married with kids now, and I'm stoked for her. I broke up with her because I thought she was getting me something huge for Christmas based on her secretive comments, and it wasn't. (laughs) But there was a whole trust thing broken. Honestly, Mm. I don't remember all the details. It was asinine. (laughs) (laughs) Some breakups are. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But, But the bottom line is I'm really glad that you were able to move on and be friends with those people. I mean, that shows a level of maturity. That shows a level of like, hey, like you were talking about that kind of mutuality in listen even though we didn't work out we can still respect each other as people i think that matters a lot and we talked about before we started the podcast today about like that we were gonna and we haven't said it yet but we were gonna say a whole bunch balance balance it's all about balance because when you're breaking up with someone whether you are the dumper or the dumpy or it's mutual yeah no matter how the breakup's happening there is this idea that you know, you want to stop pining for that person. Because I'm thinking now about the listener who has had the breakup and she wanted to know how to get over it. Well, can I tell you about that one? Yes. So that story is kind of distinct from the other stories in that, and she told me a lot about it. She told me about feeling like this guy was the one. Yeah. Like she, and she was oh, like. Oh, honey, I've been there. Oh, man. It is. <laughs> and, and she was apparently supposed to get married to this person. I it, There's a lot. And like, yeah. that is such a hard thing when you're not expecting it kind of blindsides you. I mean, that's a very different kind of hurt than the things that we were right. just talking about. Exactly. And part of it, I think, is is fear of the unknown. I mean, he ended up kind of cutting off their engagement. And we get these ideas in our head about how our life is going to go. And mm-hmm. then it doesn't go that way. Exactly. Uh, I've dealt with clients who have kind of the same thing. I'm working with a young man who is dealing with a breakup right now who the previous girlfriend he had, kind of the same situation, he thought he was going to marry her and they had talked about their kids names and all mm. that stuff and then she broke it off mm-hmm. and that that idea of his future was shattered and just you feel like the rub gets ripped out from under you you feel like you get punched in the stomach and all your air gets ripped out and that's that grief yeah that's loss that's yeah. grieving what, what other, could have been. What other analogies? I need some more metaphors, some similes. <laughs> the rug getting pulled out is is my favorite. I That's like what that I always one. use with clients. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like it's just, you know, you have this feeling of what now? You mm-hmm. have this feeling of what do I, I had I had all this planned. What mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do with all these plans now? The, uh, the answer is, unfortunately, you just got to kind of throw them in the garbage. Start again. Yeah. I mean, you just kind of kind of have to say, I had these plans, you know, maybe set them on the shelf for a little while and be able to look at them. But eventually you got to get rid of those because they're not what your life is going to be. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important for us to have plans for ourselves as an individual. Yes, exactly. Not just plans for us as a couple. Right. We have to have ideas. And that goes back to that intertwine idea mm-hmm. where we have to have a good self-concept and not just a concept of us as an us. Right. We have to have an us, a me as a me, and an us as an us. Exactly. But she said, one of the things that she said was, I'm scared I won't be able to trust again in the future. 
And I think that's really significant. I think that trust idea is something that comes with a lot of breakups. And I'll bring up divorce specifically, that a lot of divorces come with this, especially if there's infidelity involved. Yeah, where exactly. it's not just like, I'm never going to be able to trust this person again. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I'm never going to be able to trust people again. Right, exactly. And that is so hard. So I'm sorry, I feel like I cut you off. Were you going somewhere? With, it's okay. I with, don't know where I was going. Okay. Because I think we should move into, you were saying something about balance, and I think that's really important when we're talking about kind of getting over it, which I think is the next step in what we what we talk about, basically. Right, right. But I feel like I'm zigzagging, because now I'm going to go back from it. Okay. I think that part of the reason I'm feeling so zigzaggy is because this is, this is a very personal topic. Yeah. You know, I mean, we both, you and I, I mean, and I more than you, perhaps. <laughs> I've, I mean, when we were talking about it before we started the podcast, I mean, I can honestly say that at least five or six times in my lifetime, I've really had a broken heart where I was really, really, really in love with somebody and felt like they were it. Mm-hmm. And then for whatever reason, I mean, one of them was your dad. Sure. One of them was the person that I was married to and got a divorce, Anna's biological, biological father. father. You know, And I that mean, was one of those situations where you fall in love with them and then they turn out to be someone totally different. And, and yeah, all of this stuff comes, the dark yeah. stuff comes out yeah. after you're with them for a while. That's really true. But I think that's one of the reasons that for me personally, this subject is kind of zigzaggy because I think of you're talking about something and I'm like, oh yeah, that reminds me. Because <laughs> you I, can like connect it to dudes you've dated. <laughs> like that was that person, that was that person. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you like filled out your you breakup could, bingo you card. Do, you can do that in a real positive way too because yeah. when you were talking about, you know, having friendships after you break up with someone, I can sure. honestly say that with most of the people that I was in love with, I'm yeah. at least friends with, for, for one, I'm very good friends with him. And that's a real blessing because it's like, you know, we kind of grew up together. Yeah. So we we are very close. I would say that, and you and I talked about this too, that with every relationship that you have, you learn things, you grow, you gain something from right. every person that you're involved with. Right. And so sometimes part of that balance is saying, okay, what did I gain from this relationship? And what, and what am I going to use going forward either – to know what I don't want in my next, you know, because you right. might say, oh, God, I don't want to do that again. But you can also Which is say, still a growth. I mean, I know that sounds like a negative thing to say, but that's a that's I'm going to call it a growth mindset. Yes, I agree. If you're looking, if you're conceptualizing your breakup, and I actually found a research study from Carol Dweck and Eric Thayer, and it says our ability, what they basically found was our ability to get over a breakup with minimal emotional damage depends on how we conceptualize the breakup. And that goes back mm-hmm. to that growth mindset. Then- that rather than seeing the breakup as a result of a personal flaw, we can look at it as just a thing that happens, that we get rejected, breakups happen. It sucks, mm-hmm. but it happens. Mm-hmm. And in other words, we have to separate the rejection from ourselves, that we have to look at those as separate things, that it's not like ourself, who we are, led to the breakup. That's huge, I think. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the things that we do a lot when we get, when we're the dumped person yes. we say i like, wasn't enough if i would have been smarter if i would have been prettier me that... if i would have been thinner if i would have been whatever yeah. you know and and it's not wrong and again here's a balance thing right if if your partner says to you you know you this really was too hard for me and they give you actually reasons con- yeah like that makes sense maybe you are too controlling right. maybe you are maybe you drink too much maybe That's you, whatever an opportunity for self-awareness exactly and self-reflection. you're able to say like okay was it just that that person like especially with the clinginess i think comes up a lot in breakups where yeah, clinginess can be like i'm just a really affectionate person mm-hmm. and i need to find someone who matches my level of who affection. likes me yeah yes exactly like it can give me affection or it can be libido it can be all of that stuff where exactly like i've heard people talk about their their intimate relationships where like i just need someone who has a high libido or right. i don't have a high libido so i need someone who matches that so i don't feel pressured i mean like there's all of that that comes into play where you just need to find someone who matches you where mm-hmm. even if someone is saying like this part of you is the reason i'm breaking up with you you get a chance to reflect and say okay is that something that i like as myself Mm -hmm. or is that something i need to change is it something that i just need to say like okay they just didn't like that so i need to find someone who does appreciate that about me so it's self-awareness and it's balance both of our things self-awareness and balance yep and, and I think if I can take that again in another direction, and that is that idea, and I think this is where I was going originally about the balance thing. Okay. 
when you break up with somebody and we've talked about and especially if you are the one um, who was dumped so to speak Mm -hmm. and you're feeling like this great grief and this uh, distrust and this feeling of like what happened to me and you want to do things like sit around and look at his pictures or her pictures and cry or get drunk or whatever you do to try eat ice cream right and some of that's okay because you do need to grieve a little. You need right. to grieve the loss. But then there's that balance thing again. If if you are starting to be unhealthy because you have been missing work or you've been drinking too much or yes. you've gained 50 pounds. You need to give yourself time and you need to give yourself freedom, but not too much. Exactly. There has to be a point at which you say, now that's over. Right. And now I have to move on. And that's part of that balance thing. I was... I was telling mom earlier about uh, about something not related to a breakup. Obviously, me and my husband are fine, but like I was I was having like kind of I'm gonna call it a mini mental breakdown at work, and I just I was like, okay, I have a lot to do today, so I just need to like I need to give myself 45 seconds to cry, and then I need to get on with my life. And I like I had this little shawl on, and I like put my shawl over my face, and I like cried for like a half a minute Mm -hmm. and then I put my shawl down and I said okay and then I went on with my day like you just gotta kind of look at it as time management like you gotta (laughs) give yourself time you gotta give yourself a limit and -hmm. you gotta stick to your limit and then say like okay I'm just gonna cry until like two weeks from now Mm -hmm. and then I gotta start to try to get over it exactly and and even if you kind of pass that point and you're like I'm still kind of sad that's okay that's okay you can still keep crying Mm -hmm. but but don't let it just go on indefinitely right I like that. Thank you. I like me crying for 45 seconds. <laughs> I give myself a little more than 45 seconds. But, I just uh, got to listen. I had a lot to do. <laughs> I know that at one of the, the grief things that I was at, um, they told us that part of the grieving, and that now I'm talking about losing someone to death. Yes. So that's different than a breakup. But in some ways, it's very similar. Yeah. You know, my husband left me. He went to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it is kind of the same sort of feelings. But in this particular group, they said, you know, you should like look at his picture and think about your happy times and all that. <laughs> And, Can and I, I tell you about a Psychology Today article that says the opposite of that exactly. thing? Exactly. And especially if, you, if you're if you the dumped person, Ooh. that is not a real healthy thing to yeah. do, to keep. And what might be happening is you might only be thinking of the positive things about that person. You're hitting all my bullet points, I'm, Mom. I'm telling you. You might have to sit yourself down and make a list of the negatives. A bulleted list. Mm-hmm. Make a pros and cons list. Yes. Literally. Like, I know that sounds silly to, like, do it, like, write it out. But, I mean, maybe I'm just biased because I'm a pretty visual person. Mm-hmm. But I've done that in my life before. I've written pros and cons lists on a piece of paper. And it's helped. To I, just, think I, I think I taught you to do that. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take credit for that You one. can take credit for it. You can take credit for all of it. All of it. I would love to take credit for that. <laughs> but, okay, so I will I will go to my own bulleted list. Okay. Of, like I did read a psychology article that kind of did tips for getting over a breakup, basically. Okay. The okay. first one is avoiding pictures, gifts, sentimental things, even mm-hmm. places you used to hang out. Because that can create, like we talked about before, a dopamine related craving it exactly can bring back the feelings of withdrawal so i mean it like i know it's really tempting to be like i just want to look at him i want to facebook right. stalk him a little bit mm-hmm. don't, don't don't do it until you feel like you're over it um I'm going to call this thought stopping, which is mm-hmm. a uh, cognitive behavioral CBT. therapy technique. Um, CBT. Didn't we use acronyms? We can't use acronyms. Oh, oh I forgot. <laughs> Sorry, Lori. <laughs> Lori. Cognitive CBT. behavioral therapy is CBT. Mm-hmm. But it, thought stopping is exactly what it sounds like. It's when you're having like these thoughts that you don't want to be having that you can work to stop them. And this includes thinking about your ex over and over and over again. One of the things they mentioned, one of the things I've worked on with my clients is using the stop sign. Have you ever used this? Yep. I use that especially with kids. Yeah. Sometimes I have them color a stop sign. Yeah. So they can hold it up. Mm -hmm. Um, This is, I mean, adults can use it too, where when you're having these thoughts that you you feel like are just kind of a runaway train, you literally close your eyes and picture a stop sign. So mm-hmm. you go really in depth with it. You close your eyes. You picture how shiny the red is. You picture every single side of it. You picture how the white contrasts with the red. Like you make it kind of a guided imagery thing. Mm-hmm. And you you really focus on the stop sign. And it works to stop those thoughts that you were kind of spiraling. Mm-hmm. 
the next one is finding distracting activities. They especially mention things like exercising. So that makes you feel better about yourself. It keeps you engaged. It allows you to find new people and activities that you may because it's not, it's like taking a run. It's going for a hike. It's going to a gym. It's all that stuff. And it's also good for combating depression and it releases good brain chemicals like dopamine, which is interesting because that's the same thing we're trying to avoid. But it kind of releases but it, it will in a be, different context. Right. It'll be associated with your running or yes, your whatever. Exactly. So that's different. It's like reforming yeah. those connections. Right. And also, like you said, think about the bad parts in a relationship. I love this one because like I always, when I, when a friend goes through a relationship, all I want to do is like, do you want me to come over and like, we can bash him? <laughs> or like we can talk about how crappy she was to you like we just sort of like and I that sounds so cliche but there really is like sometimes like you said we can idealize a lost relationship and we mm-hmm. can only think about the good parts so it's mm-hmm. important to think about the bad things mm-hmm. why the relationship broke up exactly. because they weren't the only things like people experiencing a bad part of the relationship you were experiencing it too mm-hmm. you were probably just kind of pushing it to the side so it's important to think about when they acted like a jerk to you it's important to think about when your needs weren't being met Mm -hmm. but it's important to be balanced about it yeah i'm so glad you said that yes because you can remember the good parts as long as you're not only remembering the good parts right because you can remember the good parts as like this is the kind of thing i want in my next relationship Mm -hmm. this is the kind of thing that i want my next partner to do And when you're thinking of the bad things, you can say, again, it's that growth mindset thing. You can say, these are the things I don't want in my next relationship. And these are the things that I'll kind of keep an eye out for a little bit better next time. Right. And again, don't isolate yourself. Like I said, from those stories we talked about is just a very important part of them being able to get out of especially a really toxic or abusive relationship was having people on the outside that would pull them out. Mm -hmm. And that would say like, hey, this is not a good situation for you to be in. So don't let yourself get isolated. Don't do it to yourself. Don't let your partner do it to you. If they start to like cut off your relationships with your friends, that's a red flag. Yes. Yes. Do you have any hot tips? Hot tips for our hot breakups, our hot dumpers and dumpies out there. All you dumpers and dumpies (laughs) listening to K10X Freudian Sips. (laughs) Well, I think to remind yourself that when you go through it, it's one of those times where you think, God, nobody has ever hurt like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, you know, a lot of people have hurt like this and, and this too shall pass. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to survive that's it. That's a time when people around you need to practice balance because mm-hmm. this is something I've experienced being a counselor. There's got to be a balance between like, yes, what you're feeling is valid and what you're feeling is very hurtful, and the hurt you're going through is is your own, and you are really feeling it, and it's okay to feel it, but also you're going to get over it, and you're not alone, and all that stuff that's like, you're, it's you're not the balance. first person yeah, who's gone right, through it. Right. And that's another one of those times that it's good to have good support people, good balance support people, yeah. who will let you whine and cry, but then also will maybe say, okay, now today, <laughs> After wash week, your face. After the you're like, okay, we're going to go to a movie. You need <laughs> yeah, to get right. out of this. Wash your face, put on some makeup or, or take off your makeup or whatever, and let's yeah. get on with life. I do think that different, we started by saying that different people deal with breakups differently. Yeah. I, I do think that, and it doesn't matter if you identify as male or female mm-hmm. or if you're heterosexual or, or homosexual or wherever, wherever you, you fall in all spectrum. of the spectrums. Breaking up is basically a loss. Mm-hmm. It's a loss. And so you have to go through the things that happen in a loss. The grief. And then in the end, you use the balance. And in the end, it's all about choice, which we talk about a lot too, that you make a choice to move on. You make a choice to take yeah. the good that you've learned from that relationship and to move on and be even stronger and even happier in your yes. new, in your new life, whatever that you, is. Yeah, stronger is, I think, the best way to look at it. You use this, just like any bad thing. I go over this a lot with my clients who have gone through trauma. That was horrible and we're going to deal with how horrible it was, but we also have to acknowledge how it made you who you are and how you have gotten stronger because you are coming out of the other side as a survivor Mm -hmm. and that's the same way I mean 
a breakup is a sort of trauma, maybe lesser than other traumas, but also not. Trauma, exactly. There's no, there's no, trauma is kind of binary. Especially if you're talking about, about a situation where, like you said, you've like been married 20, you've been married 25 years. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's been abuse in the situation or not, and you have kids and you have maybe even grandkids by now. I mean, there's, I realize that what we talked about today, we've done this before. This is just a little drop in the bucket <laughs> of the overall yes. breakup psychology. So I know we just kind of touched on things today, but we hope that maybe if you're going through a breakup or someone you care about is going through a breakup, that you'll maybe be able to relate to some of the things we talked about right. today. Right. And know not, that you're not alone. Good for you. <laughs> if so you've never gone through a heartache, dang, dude. Nice. But mm-hmm. you probably will. Unless you're like asexual or romantic. Maybe you just don't have to deal with that. It's kind of cool. But I think most people, heartache is a very universal thing. I think so too. And I think if you were to go to any of your friends, even if you're like, oh gosh, I don't want to bother them with this. They're going to think I'm whiny. Mm. If you go to any of your friends and you're like, I'm just really bummed out about this relationship ending, they're going to be like, mm-hmm. I know, that sucks. I've been there. How can I help? Right. Like, I think you're going to find a lot more acceptance about that than maybe you're anticipating. I agree. So reach out. You're not alone. Lean on your support system. A toast to anyone going through a breakup right now. You're strong and you will get through it. This too shall pass. And listen to our other episodes so we can help you laugh. Amen to that. Amen. We thank our listeners who shared stories with us. We appreciate that. And we hope that maybe in the future um, you'll send us an email or tweet Anna or whatever y'all do. Because I'm the one who does the social media. (laughs) You notice how I put it all on her. And let us know what you'd like to hear about um, on Freudian Sips. And just please know that we appreciate you, Sipsters. We appreciate you. Yeah, this is just kind of, I want to start this ball of audience participation rolling. I want to do more of this. I want to read more listener stories. I want to respond to more listener questions. I want to do that a lot. I, I feel like the reason that we started this was to reach out to people and spread mental health positivity to more people so we want to know that we're doing that and we want to interact with people in a positive way so mm-hmm. help us do that by sending in your questions and Please concerns yes and if you haven't looked at our merch yet ding, ding, look, at our merch. look at our merch it's pretty cool go to freudiansipspod.com you can find the merch link on the very first page you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're all Freudian Sips Pod, all, all of those things. And if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can email us at FreudianSipsPod at gmail.com. If you want to send in your listener stories or your listener questions or your episode requests, I'm pointing at mom like they're hers. I'm just, she's my audience surrogate right now. <laughs> Anna needs an audience bad at this point. <laughs> I need, guys, I need a live show before I die. We are on Patreon. Thank you, Anthony, again, for being our lovely patron and sending Mm -hmm. us listener reader episode stories. (laughs) I knew what you meant. It just came out kind of sideways. There were words that just got The point is, thanks, Anthony. Yes, you are awesome. We would never mock you. We love you too much. You're our friend. Please remember to leave us a nice rating and review if you can do that. We are still doing our uh, little promotion. <gasps> you where, can get a sticker. You can get a sticker. Yeah. If you send us a rating and you send us a little screenshot and you send us your address, we will send you a free sticker, a Freudian Sip sticker. They're little die cut, really awesome stickers. They have I put one. mine in my car. I have one in my bullet journal. It's really it's nice. It's very cool. It's very delightful. So yeah, just send us a review or if you just want to send us a review out of the goodness of your heart, we will look accept that too out of the goodness of our hearts <laughs> and we will cry happy tears when we read it that's right our theme music is sweeter vermouth by kevin mcleod and it sounds like this mm-hmm.